Okay, here we go again with a uh, series of podcasts on uh, life in Eastern Furnace uh, Village in the uh, late 1940s, early 1950s, and some people have the audacity to refer to it as the good old days. <laughs> we have a uh, selective memories. Uh, a lot of it was good in the pleasant weather and whatnot, but I remember the uh, cold with the days when I wore the uh, stocking hat navy uh, um, real surplus from uh, Cohen's Army Navy store in Brockton. I wore that to bed for crying out. It was so cold in an unheated, uh, unheated bedroom. But in any case, here we go with uh, this uh, week's um, uh, effort, and it's entitled The Sights, Sounds, Smells, and Tastes of the Village, and it goes like this. Let's start with Smells. In a farm village setting, there would be the obvious odor of animals. We had them all at one time or another. Goats impart a particular aroma to anyone with whom they come in contact. We brought those taints with us to school, but caused no attention to ourselves, as everyone, it seemed, had some sort of smell he or she brought along to class. The pig pen was noxious after a summer rainfall. The hogs were garbage-fed, and the sty gave off a special pungent odor that could easily travel to surrounding households. No problem. (laughs) They probably had hogs, too. Animals like horses, goats, sheep, and cows were in much closer touching range and imparted their scents to all us kids. There was seldom central heat in the house in the furnace village, although we had a wood-burning, coal-burning furnace in the cellar, The second-floor bedrooms had no steam heat. Wearing a stocking hat to bed. In the AAM, we gathered in the kitchen by the stove fired by kerosene. My job was to fill a three-gallon glass bottle with a stinky fluid. There was no way for even a careful youth to keep the odor of oil from his or her clothing, and I was no paradigm of virtue in that respect. So off to school we went, smelling like so many of our classmates. How a Macintosh coat could absorb that oil. The stench could last until three months past heating season. We could hear the fire horn from northeast and blare out a signal as to where the fire was located. A code series of shot and long blasts let everyone in town know where to go to watch or to help at the scene. The fire department was all volunteer, and men ran from their places of work to answer the call. There were no ambulances. The police department had station wagons into which the injured were placed and rushed to the guarded hospital. I still hear in my mind the old washing machine swishing back and forth, struggling under its load of dirty farm laundry that fought off the efforts of homemade soap to bring them clean. The soap imparted a strong smell to the clothing. After all, it was made from animal fat and lye. We made it ourselves. Caustic stuff, that soap. No rubber gloves for my mum, whose hands could have served in an advertisement as the before example of rough red skin. Does was the commercial soap of choice. Does, does everything, was its slogan. After the wash cycle, she put the garments through the wringer, letting the water run back into the washer's big tub. 
great environmentalists that we were, we used a solar clothes dryer. Now, that was a, uh, a clothesline. <laughs> Commercial clothes dryers were not yet invented, or if they were, we never saw them in Furnace Village. Was that three rings on the telephone? If so, that was our signal to pick up. We had 554, M3 is a number on the party line. One senior lady on our line picked up just about every call and listened in. If one picked up the phone and someone was talking at that time, you were supposed to simply put the phone back into the receiver. But it was hard not to listen in for a while on someone else's conversation. When Mum made homemade bread, there was just which was just about every week, she most times had leftover dough from which she made butter cakes. These were the fried dough of current nomenclature, but hers were much more tasty because the fat she used was that ubiquitous bacon, lamb, beef, or duck fat that she saved from other meals. In the depression in the center of the butter cake, we put oleomargarine. They were simply delicious, and we could eat any amount of the not-so-good-for-us delight as she could prepare. One broke off pieces from the outer edges of the cake and dipped that piece into the melted oleo. Popsicles, just a flavored ice, and fudgicles, just flavored chocolate, were a nickel each at Ed Roden's store. At ten cents each, I virtually never bought a creamsicle that was the deluxe flavored outside with vanilla ice cream inside. With a little care, a furnace village rat, now that's our own description, don't let any outsiders so refer to us, a furnace village rat could make one of the aforementioned uh, treats last half an hour. Five cents in the late 40s is about a dollar twenty-five in today's buying power. Let me know what you remember of those good old days. My email is avery.williams at rbc.com.